welcome to the Marvelous Post Flip Podcast, a podcast on all things Marvel on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Sean Fangirl S. I'm Steve. And I'm Mischievous Dave. And today we're talking about episode five of season one of What If, titled What If Zombies. Zombies! <laughs> so let's get into initial reactions, shall we? <laughs> Steve, how did you feel about zombies? <laughs> It was a fun episode, even as bad as it was <laughs> with losing superheroes left and right to uh, becoming zombies. It was still a fun episode, and we kind of got to see a few minor superheroes actually come out to be the ones that are in charge. And <laughs> what can't you love about a headless Ant-Man? I mean, a <laughs> <Really>? bodiless Ant-Man. <laughs> <Or> bod- <laughs> it's very Futurama there. Yes. <laughs> Dave, how did you feel? Well, I know we're not rating this, but if we did, I would give it three out of five zombie stomping wasps. Yeah. <laughs> I've been struck how downbeat some of these have been. Yeah, all the darker. alternatives and what ifs. Why do they have to be darker? Because the good guys win in the movies? Well, plenty of bad stuff happens in the movies, too, but geez, downbeat. Yeah. At least the last I, couple, that's for sure. Yeah. I, know. I think they're just showing us it's like, okay, so this could be the ultimate bad thing, so... Maybe we don't push everything. <laughs> it's, it's a little weird to have the Avengers still act like the Avengers when all they want is brains, I think. Right. <laughs> yeah, you, at least you didn't hear any of them like, brain. Because they weren't going after the head, necessarily. They were just like, mm, flesh. Yeah, so just fighting. eating zombies. Yeah, strange. I, of course, liked it because I've been waiting for this episode, in case you didn't gather that. Zombies! As soon as it started to come up i was like bouncing in my chair like yes yes zombie 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 <laughs> my husband was just like okay calm down it's like 25 minutes of a show relax but i was super excited to see how they were going to go because they had done the whole series which apparently was a limited series it's only five comics but i looked a little more and steve looked a little more and there was two different runs at least of zombies so I thought this was the perfect way to start rolling in the other characters that they have acquired. I mean, that would make sense. You bring them in, even if it's just in the crowd, like all of a sudden you see zombie Wolverine or you see, although I wouldn't think zombie Venom would be there. I would think that the symbiote would save him, but a way to roll him in and a way to do all this or I don't know, zombie human torch would be kind of weird too, but still, like, <laughs> it was totally an opening for it. And yeah. they didn't do it. I was so mad that they didn't do that part. Right. But I, of course, love the whole zombie thing anyway. But yeah. And they okay. seem to be blaming Hank Pym for everything that goes bad almost. <laughs> right. I guess he needs to quit messing around in the quantum realm. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he's going to be another one like i'm surprised i haven't seen any memes because we always see what happened with the multiverse it was loki and sylvie wanda dr strange we always see those three i'm waiting to start to see them all point to pim all of a sudden right because he's bound to do it okay now that i've bounced around everywhere and i'm excited about this episode when the Avengers are infected by a zombie plague, surviving heroes search for a cure. He didn't show any regular people, did they? I don't think they did. Not, nope. not one regular person <laughs> left on the street? Oh, nope. well. The episode begins in familiar... Hmm? They were all eaten. Yeah, they were all eaten. 
Somebody's a little witchy and hungry. Anyway, the episode begins in familiar territory of Avengers Infinity War with Hulk escaping Thanos' attack on the As- on the Asgardian Ark, hurtling towards Earth and crashing directly through the Sanctum Sanctorum staircase that Wong probably just finished cleaning. Poor Wong. Many of these animated shots are identical to those that the Russo brothers filmed in live action, including New York wide angle, the Sanctum Sanctorium window, and banner among the rubble. And the Black Order's arrival. And fortunately, we didn't get to see all of <laughs> Banner amongst the rubble. Anyone got some clothes without the Sorcerer Supreme or his willing assistant to help, Bruce Banner is forced to cover his naked body by other means after landing on Earth. Exiting the Sanctum Sanctorum, we see Banner wearing a burgundy gi-like vest top, but this no ordinary sleeveless garb. The item is part of the uniform worn by the Mystic Art practitioners seen previously on Wong and other students of the Kamertage. Hoping to find someone to discuss the imminent danger with, but he's met by Ebony Ma and Cull Obsidian, two members of the Black Orton. Faced with Ebony Ma and Cull Obsidian, Bruce Banner tries to hulk up, but the monster within refuses to play, fearing Thanos after getting his emerald backside kicked on the Asgardian ship. Poor guy. Banner suffered exactly the same problem when Ma and Obsidian arrived in the Avengers Infinity War, but at least had Stony Tark and the Wizards to fall back on. Banner slapping himself and Hulk screaming, no, is taken from a later Avengers Infinity War scene when Bruce tries to transform a second time after getting crushed by a tree. However, when Ma can finish explaining why they've come to Earth, he and his brother are killed by Iron Man, Doctor Strange, and Wong as Ellen Sylvester's classic Avengers theme plays briefly. Yeah, I noticed that. That was cool. The musical motif is repeated as Captain America leads the Avengers towards a zombie bloodbath during a later flashback sequence. Bruce believes their action to be overkill before he realizes the heroes are no longer members of the living. As Zombie Wong desperately tries to enjoy a Bruce Banner-flavored lunch, Doctor Strange's cloak of levitation holds the undead sorcerer back. Love the cloak. Yes. The portal... Yes. <laughs> so much personality. Yeah. <laughs> the, the portal closes and Wong is duly beheaded by the mystic bearer. Well, don't spare anybody in this show. That was great, though. Come on. <laughs> Holy yeah. smoke. He kicks the head. The grisly moment mirrors the scene in Avengers Infinity War where Wong drops a portal to uh, cull Obsidian and lops off the villain's forearm. Chop, chop. How did this happen? That's what I want to know, because we don't get anything from here. Well, not yet. We have to get a little backstory. But not until the Cloak of Levitation, the Wasp and Spider-Man, who Bruce kept saying, don't eat me, don't eat me, (laughs) manages to survive the attack. But he's shaken up because... Obviously, he's been away a bit and doesn't know what's the what. We get the classic Spidey line, which I was like, come on, so cheesy. Yeah. I'm just your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. The Watcher, though, explains what's going on. So do we know if Banner ever gets the information or he's just rolling with everything? I think he's just rolling with everything. Okay. Yeah. Because the Watcher explains that when Hank Pym went into the quantum realm to find his wife, Janet Van Deen, she had contracted a virus that corrupted her brain. You think? <laughs> and she managed to pass the virus on to her husband before infecting the entire Pacific Northwest. That was pretty bad. And we see in the flashback that Pim's quantum ship arrives back at his lab to find Hope Bending eagerly awaiting the reunion with her mother. I'm still trying to figure out how they went into the quantum realm because the only reason they went into the quantum realm was because... Janet put some kind of message in Scott's brain, but if she was already corrupted, like how this happened. But again, I guess I'm not supposed to think too hard on this one. <laughs> yeah, I don't think too hard. 
As Hope wipes the mist from the cockpit window, Scott Lang is heard in the background shouting, Hi, Miss Van Dean. And this is exactly how Scott addresses Janet when she returns from the Quantum Realm in Ant-Man and Wasp, albeit slightly less green and without a hankering for flesh. The beginnings of the virus altered as compared to the Marvel comic book series, but the broad strokes remain untouched. Now, like I said, there was two different versions. So the one that we found that I think it was from two was triggered by a sentry arriving from another universe and infecting the Avengers with the dimensional virus. The other one I found was that it was Reed Richards. So maybe that's why they didn't use that one because Reed Richards is not in our Marvel verse yet. Aren't they having a new Fantastic Four like in the future? Yeah, uh, it's just plans, but they haven't even cast anyone. Right. Okay, so maybe that's why, because when Reed Richards sees his counterpart from another dimension, very uh, Loki-esque when they're talking about it, I guess, (laughs) he's infected, but he tricks them into opening it up to quote-unquote help them, and they don't get help, they just eat everyone. So we still get the broad strokes, and I'm still excited, and hopefully we find something else out later. Like, who the heck's going to be in the new Fantastic Four if they do it right? So it's Hake Pym who takes the place of the zombie bringing in the virus in this episode, the series pays tribute to its source material by keeping the outbreak's interdimensional origin. The Avengers came to fight the forces of the undead, but they too succumbed to the virus, which is pretty funny because you see tiny Ant-Man bite cap. Yeah. (laughs) It's a teeny tiny bite, but yeah, just takes a scratch. Spider-Man takes Bruce Banner to meet the rest of the survivors. There's not many. No. We have... Bucky Barnes, Sharon Carter, Happy Hogan, Kurt, and Okoye, which I thought it was hilarious Kurt was there. Yeah. <laughs> I really wanted Luis, though, like to explain everything. That would have been great. <laughs> but they do explain how they made it through the apocalypse, which that was hilarious, too, because we get a Peter Parker video guide to zombie apocalypse survival, <laughs> covering all the necessary steps should you wish to navigate the undead outbreak without getting bitten. I was dying because I could totally see this happening. (laughs) Do you want to not get bit? This is what you got to do. It's an entertaining way of setting out what if. Zombie rules, which, oh my gosh, can we just say, okay, can I just say, finally, somebody has seen a horror movie and they're showing the information. Right. (laughs) Because every time in these, you never see anything about like what we've seen in real life. Come on. Come on. But it's the exact same way that we've seen Jesse Eisenberg's character in Zombieland advised the audience, always check the backseat of your car. And, well, be careful while you're pooping. And always double tap. <laughs> Anywho, we watched the entirety of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right? And what else do you see if, if you've managed to watch Buffy or perhaps Firefly? You've seen a very familiar mutant enemy logo card. It's like, arg, arg. It's the crudely drawn mutant zombie creature shuffling across the screen, making the noises you just heard me make, which I thought that was hilarious and a nice little nod. The paper zombie in Peter Parker's video is almost identical, even down to the way it moves from right to left. Mutant Enemy is a production company of Josh Whedon, who directed both the Avengers and Avengers Age of Ultron. So again, there's your nod. Now you know why. Yep. Kind of. (laughs) But it's unclear whether Mutant Enemy's similarity is intentional or... An unfortunate coincidence. I wouldn't say it would be unfortunate, though. Well, unless funny. decides to sue Disney, too. <laughs> that would be unfortunate. Yeah. 
Uh, I think Whedon's dealing with enough lawsuits right now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got his own Peter's un- Yeah. Peter's Undead Vlog boasts its own collection of fun Easter eggs, beginning with boxing among Happy Hogan's special talent. This calls to the Marvel comics, where Happy was an amateur boxer before meeting and working for Tony Stark. John Favreau's character is seen sparring with Tony and Black Widow in Iron Man 2, but gets embarrassed by both. That's yeah, an understatement. He was knocked on his butt yeah. more than once. <laughs> with the human population dwindling in What If, Happy Hogan has apparently shot up in the ranking. <laughs> I love that. David Dashmalchian, I think that's how you say his name, uh, reprises his role in from Ant-Man as Scott Lang's criminal pal, Kurt. Side note, somebody we know who I, we haven't podcasted with her in a long time. She went to school with him. Wow. So um, wow. Our, our friend Lindsay yeah. went to school with him. Yep. And she said he's really just as nice as he seems to be on screen. So just a little side note, nod to our fellow podcaster, too. Spider-Man's video assigns him the nickname Resident Weirdo, a nod to the classic zombie video game franchise Resident Evil. Oh, my God. And they have a new one coming out that looks amazing. But yeah, sorry, guys. I'm like super zombified right now, and I love it. Parker's video then lists Slavic folklore among Kurt's unique attributes. The game comes straight from Ant-Man and Wasp, where Kurt warns his pals about Baba Yaga. Not talking about a particular Keanu character, but the 18th century European witch. And then mistake ghost as the mythical monster <laughs> that was in the movie. That It was really weird, but it might be happening again. Who knows? Oh, wait, it did happen. Because yeah. what if he accuses Scarlet Witch of being Baba Yaga, which was way closer, but no cigar. Scott Lang's MCU security firm is named Ekcon, and Kurt is wearing the company's overalls in What If, with their familiar logo clearly visible on the chest. Easter egg, Easter egg, Easter egg! Yep. Though Happy, unfortunately, wasn't able to nab one of his employer's Iron Man armor before Rotting Flesh hits the fan, he did swipe Tony Stark's Iron Gauntlet which debuted in Iron Man Civil War and spawns a powerful Iron Man-style glove from a wristwatch. I don't know why, why he couldn't call more armor, but yeah. maybe he just wouldn't fit. He didn't have the nanotech yet. When Peter and Kurt film Bucky Barnes taking a shower, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, he's in the shower, <laughs> and set Twitter off-light in the process. <laughs> yes, a lot of people were saying things it's a cartoon, everyone. Jeez. <laughs> the thirst is strong in the fandom. Yeah. The curtain is adorned with red, white, and blue stars and stripes. It's a patriotic nod to Bucky's backstory and his association with Captain America. Murder and killer arm are self-explanatory, but why does Peter's video list heavy sleeper as one of Bucky's top talents? I think that was supposed to be maybe a drawback. <laughs> In Captain America Winter Soldier, Steve Rogers and Sam Wilson discussed how they both found regular beds too soft after returning from military duty, preferring instead to nap on the hard floor. Falcon and Winter Soldier pick up baton, showing Bucky graduating from the floor to Sam's sofa, which was a big difference. Yes. <laughs> and showed the comfort level that he had within himself as well. But since comfy beds are presumably hard to come by in the zombie apocalypse, it's no surprise that Bucky's sleeping like a log on the cold floor. Cold, cold, cold bus floor, whatever they're in. <laughs> Sharon Carter doesn't get off lightly either, described in Peter's vlog as a blonde 
Bond. Uh, Bond, bloody Bond. <laughs> this name could be out of the box reference to Daniel Craig, who was a controversial pick for 007 in the early 2000s, largely due to his lighter colored hair. Sharon's skills are spycraft, first aid, and eulogies. <laughs> I got a well, lot the, of laughs. Yes. <laughs> well, the first two are to be expected from one of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s finest agents. Eulogies harks back to Captain America's Civil War, where Sharon spoke eloquently at Peggy Carter's funeral to tribute her late aunt before promptly making out with Peggy's ex. Yeah, that was a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> Possibly her great uncle. Yeah, who knows? Shortly after, the group catches wind of another camp of survivors at Camp Leahy that's made progress on a cure, so they head out to reach them. Leahy is the setting MCU fans will be super serum familiar with as the camp hosted Captain America's early training sessions, hid Steve and Natasha during Captain America Winter Soldier, and became part of the Avengers Endgame time heist plan after Loki swiped the Tesseract. What if... Surviving Avengers traveled to Grand Central Station in Hank Pym's shrinking Mercedes van, seen first in 2015 Ant-Man. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I love the little van. How long would that take? Yeah. <laughs> right? That would be a while. It's like two days later. They're friendly there. <laughs> the vehicle would have been recovered by Hope Van Dien after escaping her undead parents and seems like a great way of avoiding pesky street zombies. Yeah, I don't think they're going to notice something quite the size of, you know, a matchbox. Right. However, while at Grand Central, Zombie Falcon and Hawkeye arrive and throw a wrench in the plan. Sadly, Happy is killed in the attack, but the rest of the group manages to escape to a train. I have to say, Zombie Happy going, pow. Wait, no, it wasn't pow. What was he saying? Blam. Yeah. Blam. I was like, (laughs) oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) That was funny. That was hilarious. Well, Steve Rogers and Sharon Carter locking lips in Captain America Civil War caused much controversy, largely due to the whole in love with her aunt thing. What if riffs on this regrettable incident by having Cap get up close and personal with Sharon once more? Oh, this time it's with more tea. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Sharon, <laughs> Quite literally. Yeah. Sharon is turned by Zombie Cap, who then sets his sights on Bucky. And the Winter Soldier takes out his, his old friend using his own shield. Oh, my God. And then the what he says. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Slicing someone in half with their own weapon is no fun if you don't make a funny quip afterwards. And Bucky delivers a proper zinger with, sorry, pal, guess this is the end of the line. <laughs> yeah, kudos for the train pun, but Bucky's parting shot is also a callback to... When his younger self told a muscle-free Steve Rogers, I'm with you till the end of the line, pal. Steve recycled the line himself during their fight at the end of Captain America Winter Soldier. Hope is bit during the fight between Bucky and Zombie Cap by a turned Sharon. This is going horribly bad. Once the group arrives outside Camp Lehigh, they're met by a massive horde of zombies and without any way to get through... Hope decides to enlarge and use her final moments to carry her friends to their destination. That One was, of my favorite parts. <laughs> yes, it was. I just wish she had had enough energy to do a little more damage than just get him over the fence. I know, just shake him off. Come on, lady. Yeah. Recalling the immense loss he experienced for such a young superhero, Peter Parker mentions Uncle Ben making the character's first proper acknowledgement in MCU canon. Spider-Man. They haven't, 
Yeah, they haven't. Oh my gosh. Yep, they have not mentioned him by name. So Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home both allude toward Uncle Ben dying sometime in the past, but never directly referenced Peter's iconic father figure. What If confirms what most fans already suspected, but we could see more of Ben in Spider-Man No Way Home. That'd be interesting, especially if he turns out to be a bad guy. Or a zombie. Oh, come on. (laughs) Kurt calls (laughs) Kurt calls Peter Parker Spider Boy, which frankly is an easy mistake to make. Spider Boy is actually an entirely separate character who appeared in 1996 Marvel vs. DC comic as a mashup of Spider Man and Superboy. Spider Boy is also one of the many demeaning names Tony Stark guesses when meeting Peter Parker for the first time in Spider Man Homecoming. A rendezvous with Vision reveals a cure to the zombie virus has indeed been found, with the Mind Stone capable of ridding infected of their cannibalistic urges. What a reliable and trustworthy guy that purple android is. Until we find out he's not. (laughs) Yeah. To prove his discovery, Vision unveils Scott Lang's head, restored to its usual wise-cracking self despite being bitten by Hank and Janet at the outbreak's onset. Now just a head in a jar, Scott takes Janet Van Dyne's place in the Marvel Zombies comic series. Here, I Pim love the Futurama kind of yes. nod with yeah. that. <laughs> Here, Pim removed Wasp noggin from her shoulders, and Janet was starred until shaking off the zombie aff- affliction. Her <laughs> head preserved in a jar like Scott in What If. Now, Vision claims he can do the same with the world using the proper technology. Okoye says Wakanda, the last sanctuary on Earth, has the means, so Bucky goes to search for a transport to get them there. Well, it turns out Vision isn't so trustworthy after all, as he's been capturing survivors and feeding them to a caged Wanda Maximoff. That was messed up. (laughs) Yes, refusing to put her down and unable to cure someone so powerful with the Mind Stone. Bucky discovers that Vision is chained up Black Panther to use as a steady source of meat and this is taken directly from the marvel zombies comic series though it was hank pym who had t'challa's limbs on the menu Ew. yeah it also was was also a book called the road where people were kept in a basement for food because there wasn't enough food in the real world so they just cannibalized people and kept them alive gross the truth behind what if zombie episode presents a perfect mirror to the events of wandavision The MCU's first live-action series saw Scarlet Witch enslave an entire town with chaos magic to fuel a sitcom-inspired happily ever after for herself and Vision. In What If, those roles are reversed with Wanda succumbing to the virus and the synthesoid surviving. Just like in WandaVision, however, the survivor goes too far in keeping their partner alive with Vision feeding Wanda innocent human flesh in the name of love. At least, Wanda's victims came back. You know what? That's very Walking Dead, too. Yes. If you go back, I can't remember how many seasons, but when the governor was doing that for his daughter, messed up. Yes. Yeah. Should I sing a version of Homeward Bound? (laughs) My God. I don't think so. Unfortunately, Wanda escapes her holding cell and begins to attack the group. I like how grisly they made her. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, Vision eventually comes to his senses and helps the group by informing them that there is a Quinjet. Actually, he said Quadjet in the hangar. And I know a lot of people on the internet were like, Quadjet? What the heck is a Quadjet? Right. I thought that was weird, too. But I'm thinking, okay, maybe because it's an alternate reality, that's why they can call it whatever. I guess. <laughs> MCU fans are very familiar with the term Quinjet, where these nifty little shield planes used everywhere from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to Black Will. In what if the final trio of heroes escaped to Camp Lehigh in a quad jet, a vessel credited with only a single big screen appearance in the MCU flown by Carol Danvers and Monica Rambeau in Captain Marvel. Can't wait for that movie to finally come along. Since Camp Lehigh was decommissioned at some point prior to Captain America the Winter Soldier, it makes sense that the base might still contain an outdated aircraft circa 2018. Vision has a nasty habit of dying in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, by the way. Yeah, I know. And he undergoes such pain when that thing's removed, too. Yeah. Well, yeah, pulling out basically his whole life force, like reaching in and pulling out your heart. That's just like pulling out the battery. Yeah. <laughs> like a lost in space robot. Uh, boomer talk. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> With Thanos threatening to swipe the Mind Stone in Avengers Infinity War, Wanda killed her own boyfriend to avert a universal apocalypse, but the Mad Titan hit rewind on the time stone, and murdered the android all over again. Vision had afforded a slightly more poignant end in WandaVision when the Westview barrier falls and Wanda's rebuilt. Husband kicks the bucket for a third time, and none of these guys are getting off easy. <laughs> Notching up an impressive fourth MCU exit, Vision removes his own mind stone to help create a zombie cure. And redeem himself? Eh, maybe. I kept saying... Can't you get them to the jet first? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I, it, there was a lot of strange leaps in this, but with Vision deceased once more, the undead begin pouring into Camp Lehigh. But as the horde approaches, a very visible zombie carrying Twin Cantana on his back can be spotted in the in the foreground. The zombie isn't masked, but the most famous dual sport expert in Marvel mythology would be Deadpool. Wait, how did I miss Deadpool? <laughs> I knew that was coming. Well, that would be your thing, yeah. What? Oh, my Zod. Now and I have to week, go watch you, again. Yep. Last week you were going Deadpool, Deadpool, Deadpool. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, that would make sense. Come on. Whether Wade Wilson's huh. mutant ability would render him immune to a dimensional virus is a, a matter of debate, but it's certainly unusual for a zombie to be packing such specific weaponry in a Marvel show. Indeed. Indeed. He already exists, so that's why they don't see any of the uh, X-Men or Fantastic Four. They just haven't been introduced right. in the Marvel, you know, I guess, basically. During the final escape scene, Scott Lang learns how Wasp sacrificed herself to get the Avengers inside Camp Lehigh safely. Ant-Man says, that's twice she saved, saved me. This line is most likely not to hope pulling Ant-Man out of the San Francisco Bay and Ant-Man and the Wasp, where he fainted while in giant mode and nearly drowned. Unless, of course, you prefer to believe Hope saved him from the figurative emotional sense. Eh. Lamenting how only two men and a head left the mission alive, Peter recalls turning down Tony Stark's Officer of Avengers membership. This happened in the final moments of Spider-Man Homecoming when Stark presented Peter with the iron spider suit and a room full of reporters only for the youngster to return to his family neighborhood roots. Peter ended up becoming an, an official Avenger anyway in Avengers Infinity War, and it's amusing that he still can't escape that fate during a zombie apocalypse. Well, that's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> in a bittersweet moment, T'Challa confronts Peter Parker and Scott Lang by reassuring them, in my culture, death is not the end. I love that guy. Black Panther spoke this same exact line in Captain America, a civil war after his father was killed by the Winter Soldier. Making it even more poignant. For obvious reasons, the line adopted a more tragic meaning in what if serving as a fitting farewell to a beloved character and actor. T'Challa, Spider-Man, and Scott's head 
Attached to the cloak of levitation, which is fitting, yes. <laughs> then head to Wakanda to save the world. Only the Watcher to reveal a zombie Thanos walks the earth in five out of the six Infinity Stones, ready to bring an end to it. Yeah, yeah I know. I know that people have like, complaining about that. You know why? Why is Ebony Maw and uh, what's the name of the other guy still oh, Obsidian? Yeah, how come they're still the same? But you know, Thanos is a zombie. Well, I think the Black Order was changed pretty quick. After the opening, we just don't see them. You okay. mean like they don't look like zombies? Well, they already do look like zombies. As yeah, far as I'm that's concerned. what I'm saying is they do. <laughs> yeah, they, that's true. They have to look like <laughs> zombies. <laughs> and maybe they're the ones that turn Thanos more than likely. Yeah, maybe. I hope so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> or at least tried to. <laughs> I would think that he would be able to fight them off, Mr. Like. Yeah, I know. He's got the, infinite, uh, the gauntlet, too. I don't yeah. know. He sleeps. <laughs> like a lot of them in this episode. Yeah. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts on each and every episode this season. Our deadline for feedback is 6 p.m. Eastern every Friday night during the season. You can send your feedback via email or audio to contact us at fangirlzone.com. Please review and rate us on iTunes and any other platform you use for your podcast with good ratings and reviews. It helps other fans of the show find us as there are plenty of other Marvel podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and I hope you're enjoying our podcast. And don't forget to check out the other great Fangirl Zone podcasts. And even though we only have one zombie movie talk, you can go over to www.fangirlzone.com and check out all the other podcasts we have, like our zombies, or, of course, Mudhorn Clan cast, and all the other awesome ones that we do over there. You can go to our contacts page, which is so easy to click on it over on our website and find all the ways you can talk to us and of course send us all your zombie themes see we're going into october yep. soonish <laughs> like i'm like not really but yeah so you can send us all your awesome zombie ideas too over there because i love zombies but for this episode of the marvelous post split podcast i'm steve sorry pal this is the end of the line i'm sean fangirl s and don't forget Always go for the head. And this is Mischievous Dave, and I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind being covered in Sharon, if you know what I mean. <laughs> there is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the family.